Welcome to another episode of the Trilongo Track. This is an exciting episode because it is a bonus episode and it's our first bonus episode. I'm excited for these because I'm going to start guest hosting other entrepreneurs that for the most part are also moms so that you get a different perspective, different stories besides mine. So my first guest is Taylor, and she's a past client. She became my friend in real life and somebody that I truly admire and respect for the work that she's doing in this world. Taylor was a full-time catering chef turned serial entrepreneur and is now an online prenatal coach and birth doula. She is a mom to three boys and is currently 20 weeks pregnant with surprise second set of twins. (laughs) She is a warrior for making serious changes in the maternal health space, and her mission is to equip moms with current information and empower them to trust their intuition above everything else. She wants to help moms care way less about the shoulds and learn to prioritize what actually makes them happy, which I mean, I totally love that last part. So Taylor, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you. You're my first guest. So this is like very beneficial. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. You're such a great, you're such a great first guest. We've already been talking for a half an hour on all kinds of tangents. Um, okay. So what I would love for you to share with the audience first and foremost, and they don't know about this, so I'm going to kind of explain it. <clears throat> I want you to tell them about your rise up story. So on a lot of podcasts, people ask like how you got started. How did you become an entrepreneur or business owner? And that's cool, but like, whatever. I want to know about your messy middle. I want to know when things were low and hard and frustrating and how you rose up out of that to get where you are now. Yeah, man, I've been thinking on this question, but also I have tendency to overthink. So I'm like, okay, how do I think, but not overthink? <laughs> not only overthink how much I'm thinking. Um, So I feel like the messy middle for me has been so much of my story because I've gotten so many curveballs and maybe people can relate to this. Like, if it has felt a lot of times in in terms of entrepreneurship, like one step forward, two steps back. Like the second I get clarity, we get hit with COVID and now I have my kid back at home. The second I get clarity and I start to move forward, I get pregnant with twins and I have two newborns at home. And it just, it felt like it kept happening, but I feel like in that, like, my rise up has been how I've like overcome those things Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how I have not let them stop me. Like I just don't stop because the vision I have on my heart for like how I want to help moms. And even though this vision has morphed and changed in a lot of ways, the core of it has always been the same. Mm -hmm. Um, That just has always pulled me through. And thank God for like the online community and the messages here and there of like, oh my God, what you said just resonated with me so much. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And honestly, a lot of that has been me sharing the messy middle um, and sharing the, the not so glamorous 
side of things and how it's not going to be fun all the time and it's not going to be pretty and it's going to be hard. The juggle is so hard, but the juggle is just so worth it because my husband and I have had the conversation so many times like, well, Taylor, you could just go get a regular job. You could put the kids in daycare and we could probably have more money, honestly, in our pockets, even though daycare is astronomically expensive. Like, and every single time I come back to like, absolutely not. I would rather do this juggle and probably cry in my closet once a week. (laughs) But the crying is more, I'm just overwhelmed with the juggle. I'm not crying because I'm not moving forward towards the things that I'm passionate about. Cause that to me would be way worse. I would get to the end of my road (laughs) and be like, I I didn't, I didn't do the thing. I didn't fulfill the mission on my heart or at least try to. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that fully answers your question because I definitely still feel like I'm in the thick in a lot of ways, but I am in a place now where I just know how possible it is. And I want everybody else to know that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And just feeling so much more clear. I think a lot of the messy middle can be just not being really clear on what that thing is. And that thing is allowed to change. The thing that gets you where you want to go is allowed to change. But, um, I think sometimes we can just get lost in the shoulds mm-hmm. and so yeah I don't know is there anything specific about that that you want me to like clarify I feel like that was a lot no that's really good I think I mean there's a lot in there but where my head goes right away is like I'm curious for you and I mean I know this but I definitely want you to share with everybody else is like more about what that mission is because for me my focus my niche my main you know way I present myself online has also changed but my mission has always been the same and my mission my mission for the women that I work with and my business and then my mission for why I'm doing this for my family, which are two different things. Those are what get me off the closet for, for me, the shower floor when I'm at the end of my rope. And when I'm just like, why am I doing this to myself? Why I could go work at Starbucks and have less stress on my life. Why do I keep coming back to this? And it always comes back to the mission Or to what you said also is the women out there that I know need what I have and showing up for them. And so I'm just curious, like, if you want to put more into words, like what that mission is for you that gets you up off the closet floor. Yeah, it's, it's kind of two things well it's it's a lot of things but at the core of it it's moms feeling like they can trust themselves more trust their intuition more tune out all the outside noise and truly do what's right for them now 
that shows up in different ways. And for me in the pregnancy realm, I think that a lot of times it starts there. And a big part of my mission is like the maternal, the maternal health world just needs like a total rebrand mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and postpartum and all of it. It's just screwy, but like it, it comes down to mom's a not knowing what their options are what you know what is evidence-based versus what is just being told to them those types of things like there's a knowledge component there's like an informational component but then it's also not feeling like they can trust themselves feeling like they have to just do what society tells them what their provider tells them what their mom did, what their sister did, what their best friend did, like what, what they see on the internet, which is a lot of things nowadays, because the internet (laughs) can spiral you. But it starts with that. It's like this pregnancy piece. um, And I'm super passionate about that, like pregnancy and birth. But after you have a baby, like birthday is one day. <laughs> yeah. Pregnancy is nine months birth or 10 birthday is one day. That's a blip in time in this whole journey of motherhood. And what I find is the moms that I'm talking to, especially like second time moms that are hiring me to have a different experience the second time around, they tell me about how they felt in motherhood after their first experience, their birth experience of being so like belittled and talked down to and made to feel like they didn't know what they were doing and they couldn't make decisions for themselves. Um, And they took that into motherhood and they felt so unsure of themselves as a mom. They felt like they were second guessing everything. They had to look outside themselves for every answer. When in reality, had they had that like, confident, autonomous, empowering birth experience, had it been instilled in them in their pregnancy and birth journey, which is the first part of motherhood for a lot of us. I know people become mothers in other ways, but for a lot of us, and had that stuff been instilled in them, had they learned how to trust their gut, how to tune out the outside noise, self-trust in that stage, they would take that into motherhood and it would be so much easier for them to tune out the unsolicited parenting advice to weed through the TikTok videos and the Instagram Mm -hmm. reels and be like, okay, I see all these moms having these Pinterest-y worthy birthday parties, but I don't care about that. And, but instead they feel like, oh, well, I have to do that because they don't trust themselves Mm -hmm. or they get parenting advice and they feel super torn or, you know, like, well, what's the right thing to do? And I have to do all these things. And my mom said, I have to do this. And my doctor said, I have to do this instead of just being like, you know what? My doctor said, I need to wake my baby up every three hours to eat. And I'm drowning and I need to sleep, but I pulled my ass out of bed and woke my baby up because that's what somebody told me I was supposed to do instead of just trusting my gut, knowing my baby could probably sleep one more hour and be fine. If they were hungry, they'd wake up. And you knew that, but you didn't listen to that voice that was telling you that because something outside of you told you that you couldn't trust your instincts. Mm -hmm. 
And so you're killing yourself, you're drowning yourself because this outside noise is telling you, you have to be a certain way. And of course this shows up in like mompreneurship. Like we've, Mm -hmm. you know, had many conversations about that, you and I, and it's just like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. I think that there's so many ways that I want to take this, but I agree. There's a parallel here. If, especially if you're an online entrepreneur of like all the shoulds and all the noise and all the like, you know, it's like being on the Las Vegas strip and having like, go to this show. These are the bright lights. This is like all this stuff flashing in front of your face. And you're trying to decipher like which way to go. But what we don't do enough until we learn to do it and even sometimes relearn to do it is take a breath, get quiet, and listen to what we actually know in our gut we should be doing. And I I said relearn because it was always so interesting to me when I had my first. Before that, I did not give a crap about what people thought of me. I was super successful in my career. I had many times taken the uncharted path when people told me to take the right path. And but then when I became a mom, it's like all of that went out of my brain. It's like, and I did have a very unenjoyable uh, pregnancy and postpartum experience with my first. And so I always think like, is that what it is? Is like my investigative journalist wants to come out and be like, is it, is there a direct correlation between how you're treated and your birth experience to how you show up in motherhood? Is it because of all the noise? Is it a combination of all the things? But for me, I guess it's such a twofold thing with social media because there's so much you're not alone on social media. There's so much scrolling around and realizing you're not the only you're not the only mom that does things this way. And that is validation of like, okay, I'm I'm doing things the right way. Or you're not the only mom that went through postpartum depression. Or you're not the only entrepreneur that had a crappy launch. Um, but then there's also the other side of like information overload and 17 different ways to make a peanut butter sandwich and everybody telling you that the other 16 ways are wrong. So I'm curious for you, how you help your clients, because I feel like how you help your pregnant moms get it back into their intuition is something that even if you're not pregnant right now, you could potentially take that and apply that to making business decisions, because it really is all about like your intuition. So how, what is like your process for helping people get back in touch? Yeah. Um, it's actually kind of simple, <laughs> like so simple that it's kind of annoying <laughs> that it's about learning what a yes feels like in your body and what a no feels like in your body. And what I always tell my clients when they're bringing me like scenarios or, Hey, my doctor said this, my first question to them is always, how do you feel about that? Um, you know, my doctor said I need an induction or my doctor, you know, my appointment went great, but baby's measuring a little big, blah, 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 blah. 
how do you feel about everything? How do you feel about how the appointment went? And I leave it open-ended so that they can answer as candidly as possible. And then I start to dive into, okay, let's play out these three scenarios. Mm. And I want you to check in with how they feel. Mm-hmm. How do they feel in your body? Mm-hmm. And I know that that's simple, like it's super simple, but I understand that it's also not easy. We have all gotten kind of out of tune with that um, because we find that push and pull of like, but what's my intuition talking and like, what's fear talking and like, but my doctor said this, like, I think I feel this, but like my doctor said this, or I think I feel this, but like the person on the internet said this. Mm-hmm. Um, and or even the information is telling me this, but like in my gut is telling me something else. Cause that is another big one. Um, and I think it really, really comes down to a, like you said, the pause, the getting quiet. I think that that's kind of crucial part of it, whether that's in the shower, whether that's on a walk, whether that's in your bed. Um, and playing out the scenarios And some of this requires knowledge. Mm -hmm. You have to have either it's birth knowledge or it's business knowledge. Like you have to have a little bit of knowledge to know like, okay, if I choose X, Y is a possibility. Like you have to have that kind of base knowledge, which is one thing I work on really hard with informing my clients of like, if you choose an induction, you will be required to be attached to the monitor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you will no longer have the option for intermittent monitoring. That's something that you said you wanted. Are you okay with that being the outcome? If choosing X, that means Y. And then being like, you know what? That's actually really not okay with me. That doesn't sit well with me. Versus another mom might be like, actually the thought of, going another week of pregnancy, the unknowns, the whatever, whatever is more stressful to me. I would rather just, you know, like each mom is going to have their own, but it's going to sit with, they're going to sit there and they're going to feel it as if it's happening in real life. And they're going to start to, it's going to become very clear what the decision should be. Mm -hmm. Um, At least the next best step. And that's the other thing. That's the other key piece is like, We don't have to decide the whole entire thing. Mm -hmm. We don't have to, well, we're making this one decision. So the rest of the plan has to look like this. Like, let's just decide the next best decision. And I always tell my clients, like, you are always in charge of the next best decision. And the next best decision might not be the decision you you would have made three weeks ago or an hour ago, even. Yeah, but it's the best decision for you right now with these circumstances. Um, and if you can just keep making the next best decision from that gut check place, I think it gets a lot easier. And I know that all of that is like easier said than done. <laughs> it is, and it takes practice. But I think it it all actually has to come from. And you kind of said this, and this is again in what you want your birth to like, if you're going to birth a baby or in your business is what do you want it 
to feel like? What is your goal? Mm. What is your, what is the overall feeling that you want to have? You know, very rarely what happens in the online space is we get in and we start moving and we work with this coach who tells us to do this. And we buy this program that tells us to do this. And we collect all this knowledge and we have all of this information, but never do we stop and think about what we want and then use that knowledge to make what we want happen. We just start going down the path and we end up in Timbuktu. And then we're like, how did I get here? This is not what I want. <laughs> and I think having the understanding, not, and I don't mean rigid, and especially with birth, I don't mean I want this to happen on this day. I want it to go like this. I don't mean that. I mean, knowing this is how I want my birth to feel. This is how I want my business to feel at least a good amount of the time. And then making choices that directly impact you actually feeling that way instead of the impulse decisions instead of the just doing what you're told or just doing what your sister-in-law did or your biz bestie did it a lot of the intuition has to stem from knowing what you want I'm so glad that you brought that up and I'm mad at myself that I didn't say it first because it's like the key component it's the first thing I do with all of my clients we figure out how they want to feel And I think it parallels so much with business because exactly like what you said, so many times have you heard you, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably listened to other podcasts and heard the stories of like, I checked all the boxes. I got where I thought I wanted to be. And I realized I hated my life and I felt like shit and I, I didn't like this. And I see the same thing happen in birth. And I've actually heard mom say like on paper, I checked all the boxes, but I did not feel good. I didn't feel how I wanted to feel. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even know that they needed to think about that ahead of time. They're Mm -hmm. thinking like, I just need to know the logistical plan and check the boxes. And then I've also had moms where their birth plan has gone completely kind of out the window. Mm -hmm. And yet they leave that experience feeling so like in control of what they could control Mm -hmm. and empowered with the situation because they felt like they got to make every single next best step. And I think the same goes for business. Like I literally thought I was going to be a chef. And if I had my own business it was going to be something related to cooking it was probably going to be like teaching cooking in some capacity teaching kids like enlightening people on flavors and ingredients like oh you thought you didn't like brussels sprouts well guess what you just haven't tried them this way like that's what I thought that my life was going to (laughs) be and I just kept getting these nudges to move in a different direction and I did not expect to be where I am now, but I just had to keep making the next best decision Mm -hmm. because I was listening to like, but how do I want this to feel? Mm -hmm. And even if it was unconscious, even if I, at the time didn't realize I was asking myself that question, Mm -hmm. I, I was, I mean, even going back to what I just said, like feeling or, or knowing that logically, yeah, I could probably go get a job somewhere 
being, you know, doing something in events or something in the chef world or something even in the birth world, maybe, and make enough money to send my kids to daycare and still have probably more money in the bank than I have now, but it would feel awful. Yep. I would, I literally, it makes my skin crawl thinking about it, about having to be at the same job every day, all the time, have a boss, have to ask for time off all the time. Like, absolutely not. I couldn't imagine (laughs) having a boss again. No. I, I mean, think I'd get fired. I would tell Jeff that all the time. I think I would get fired. I've I would been laugh. fired. You have you really? Yes. Is that a podcast story exactly. or a story for another day? I mean, it could be. It was it was at a restaurant. I it was my very first job ever. I butt heads with the boss, but he loves me. He still loves me. He fired me twice. And one of the times it was because I didn't do something he wanted to do. He wanted me to do that. I thought was like, not cool. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the second time I cussed at him because he said, he told me something. And I was like, you didn't tell me shit. And he's like, give me your keys. I was a manager at the time. So he was like, give me your (laughs) keys. So I claimed unemployment and he gave it to me. And then he still loves me. Forever rebelling. (laughs) Yeah. Whoops. Okay, so I think a really good topic to talk about would be, because I know there's a lot of women that are going to resonate with this. So when we were working together, one of the things that we talked about a lot was that you are multi-passionate, that you did not want to be put in a box, that you were very afraid of like being put in that box and like being, but now you're a little bit less like you're in the box a little bit, like maybe one leg is in the box. And so I'm curious, you've had, you know, a year of kind of like going through that and changing your business. What would you tell another entrepreneur that's like, I'm multi-passionate. I don't want to be put in a box. I want to do 17 different things all the time. What advice would you give her? Hire a coach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that can give you the tough love that you need. Um, gosh, that is a hard question because I still feel it sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. I still feel like, oh man, am I missing out on this other thing? Am I like the FOMO comes up? Yep. Um, But I think it really, really helped. And this is something that you said so many times and I've shared with other women that just because you're saying this isn't like a top three priority right now doesn't mean you're throwing it in the trash. Like, Mm -hmm. It just means that right now in this season, and you can shorten it as short as you need to, to not feel like you're in the box. You can say for this week, if you have to, (laughs) like sometimes my brain had to go there. Whereas now I can kind of think in quarters or like maybe for like the next six months, this doesn't have to be a priority. But at first there were times where it was like for this week, for this month, this isn't a priority right now. Mm -hmm. That I think liberated my brain a little bit because I think I felt so for the longest time that like if I 
put something on the back burner or said something wasn't important right now that it meant that it wasn't important forever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was what felt boxy was like, but all of these things are important to me, but, mm-hmm. but this list of 10 things is important to me. And when you were able to kind of make it clear to me of like, yes, of course, but you can't do all of those things well. And those get to have a time and a place later if you decide that you want them to mm-hmm. um, and I think also the idea of and I heard this from you and I've heard this from others as well I know you didn't make this up of like if you're saying yes to this what are you saying no to I think really I I go back to that a lot mm-hmm. um, as I've worked through and even like tightened my boundaries even more mm-hmm. of like okay, I can say yes to this, but what is that saying no to? And maybe I say yes to this and I give it three months or I give it a month or, you know, it feels really, really aligned right now. So I'm going to go ahead and say yes. That gives me that little like out of the box feeling, but I'm going to uh, like either put it in my calendar or just know in my brain, like you're going to circle back to, is this still aligned in a month or is this still are you still feeling the way you want to feel about this? Are you feeling the way, like when you said yes to it, you said yes, because you knew it was going to, you thought it was going to make you feel a certain way. Is it doing that? Mm-hmm. And if it's not drop it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the key is like, maybe sometimes allowing yourself to step out of the box, but I think it really does come back to like, but how do you want this to feel? Right. And for me, the gut check I needed and the the tough love I needed was like, what, how you're saying you want to feel is one thing, but you doing 17 things is not allowing you to have that feeling. Right. Yep. And that was really the like, and I don't even want to say aha moment because I think I needed to hear it about 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> so like aha moments, <laughs> reminders. That's so funny. Um, I do think it's hard when you're ambitious and if you are multi-passionate because there's 80,000 things you can do at any given time. But I do agree that that's where that like quarterly check-in is important. Is what I'm doing now still serving me for what I want to do in the future. I just had this conversation with one of my one-on-one clients because right now she's working really hard on like creating freebies and really nurturing the current audience that she has, but she's like, but Jan, I want to grow. I want more followers. And I'm like, okay, but that doesn't align with what your overall goal is. So if you want to do that, let's talk about doing that in October, right? There's a season for everything. You can't do everything you want at one time because then you're only giving those things 10% of your focus versus 90% of your focus. Um, Okay. So you said tighten your boundaries. So I have a question. I would love to know what things have you said yes to that you're really excited about recently and what things have you gave a very empowered feel good no to. So, yes to leaning in to moving my business online. 
Um, it was something that I was starting to do prior to getting pregnant, but getting pregnant really sped up the process and like put my butt into gear. Um, <clears throat> I knew it was always more aligned with my life, like not being on call all the time. Um, and being able to impact more people because when you're doing one-on-one, -on -one, you know, you do like, yes, there's nothing that replaces like one-on-one -on -one birth support. But at the same time, I know that one of my strengths is speaking and kind of being, um, like a middle ground voice, like that resonates with people. And so I feel like I wasn't utilizing that to its fullest. So big, big yes for me has been leaning into my online program, getting rid of the limiting beliefs that I had to be in the room with someone in order to make an impact on their birth. Cause it's just not true. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> and you know, still fighting some of that. Cause I'm still like, but I want to give them everything, but I want to be there. Yeah. Um, and then as far as no's go, um, I still am working contract work part-time for financial reasons, but I've been very intentional about putting boundaries on how much. So like, and looking ahead at my month or week and saying, I see white space on my calendar so my instinct is to say yes, right? But instead to say, what is what else could be in that white space? And when that week rolls around, how mad am I going to be at myself at the fact that I said yes to all of these side things, these contract work type things? Um, and how overwhelmed am I going to feel and how sad am I going to be when I'm missing out on all these evenings with my kids because I'm also still working on my business during the day and now my kids in school and now this and now I have to go be on call for a birth and <clears throat> so for me it's been about strategically saying no to too much contract work mm -hmm. um and only taking on a little bit and also being very clear on like, okay, when I say yes to this, what does it mean for my week? Do, what does it mean for the next day? Mm -hmm. What does it mean for my morning? Yeah. If I'm going to work at catering in the morning, does it mean that I'm with the kids or in the evening? Does it mean that I'm with the kids in the morning? If I'm doing a postpartum overnight shift at night, am I blocking off that time the next morning to take a nap or am I expecting myself to get up and write emails the next day, which is not <laughs> right. going to happen. And then I'm going to be pissed because I didn't finish the thing on my to-do list that I said I was going to do instead of just being like, no, you're putting on your calendar, you're going to nap and you're going to have to be real about that and be like, well, well, I'm by saying yes to this overnight shift, I'm taking a day away from my business the next day for, or three hours yes. away from, you know? And so that's been a big one. Um, and then strategically having to say no to in-person clients mm -hmm. and, or really steer them towards my program and outsourcing the in-person part of it. But knowing that that meant that I might lose this client, right? especially the ones that the ones that are due around the same time as me, I'm like, okay, like Taylor, you physically cannot be there, <laughs> but the ones that are due, like 
November, December. I'm like, girl, you can just strap on that belly band. You'll be fine. Like you can do it. But in reality, I'm like, but do I want to do it? Right. Right. (laughs) And so having to really, I think, put my current self in my future self's shoes and be like, when that week rolls around, how much are you going to hate yourself? Yes. That's actually a really, really great point. Putting your current self in your future self, especially you, who's going to continue to be more pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. And continue to like, as much as I, as much as you think you've got something down, like as far as like, I've conquered this thought, I've conquered this, this cycle of my, of mine. Yep. You haven't, you've just, you just get better at nipping it in the bud instead of letting it, letting it like consume you. But the thoughts still come the thoughts of, Oh, I should say yes to all of these caterings that I just got sent. I got sent 10. Instead, I'm going to say yes to five. Mm -hmm. Like, and then even when I click decline, I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) I am that way where I have to nip it in the bud when it comes to investing in my business, because I firmly believe in investing in your business. And it's very easy to get caught up in the shiny syndrome. I had somebody pitching me hard in the DMs last night. And for a second, I started thinking about it, but her program is like in the fall. And I'm like, no, I don't want to work at all in the fall. Like I didn't want to be in a program, but it is like talking yourself off the ledge almost of like, no, 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 no. You know better than this. Like stop reverse. (laughs) And even being able to tell yourself, like, this might be a great investment for me. I'm going to do it the next time she offers it. Or like, again, it doesn't have to be a no. It can just be like a not right now. Well, that's that mindset of lack of thinking like, Mm -hmm. if I don't say yes to this now, whether it's money, like a, you know, a client or an opportunity to work, it's an, it's somebody coming to you and say, join my program. It's whatever it is knowing that by saying no to that thing, something better is waiting, whether it's feeling better about your choice, a better opportunity, a client you like more. It's hard to say no, especially in those early, messy, middle stages of business. It's very hard to say no because you're like, I just want to make money. But it's amazing what happens when you stand in what you really want and how you really want to feel that the universe, God, source, whatever you believe in, rewards you for saying no to the things you're meant to say no to. Yeah. And in those moments, going back to that exact strategy that I mentioned earlier of like, okay, I'm going to imagine that I said yes to this and I'm going to play it out. And then I'm going to imagine that I said no to this and I'm going to play it out. Which one felt better? Mm -hmm. And when the one that said you said yes to, you're like, oh man, now I'm doing all this stuff in the fall and now I can't go to Disney. Now we can't go to this Halloween thing. And now we can't do that. Like, and then when you realize I said no to it, you're like, oh, actually that feels really good. Yes. <laughs> I that really moment, like you're like, strategy. But I want to say yes. But that's what I mean when I say put my present self in my future self shoes. It's that same strategy. It's like, okay, I'm going to say yes to this because now, now me is like, I see the money. I see the, the paycheck later or whatever. 
But then that day me is going to be like, Taylor, really? You said less yes to this and this and that like, I'm not going to feel good about it. Mm -hmm. This is like, I'm thinking as you're saying this, this is like the feminine energy version of a pro con list because I'm very Mm -hmm. type A and I've been the person to do a pro con list and my answer be not what I choose to do. Like the pros one for choice A, but I went with choice B because my gut was like, you don't want it to be choice A, you want it to be choice B. And I think skipping the pro con list and really like playing the movie in your head of how does this feel? How does this fit in with what I want for the next month, the next three months, next week is such a better way to really navigate these these decisions, whether they're small or big, to do what is overall best for you. I really like this. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, again, it's easier said than done, but I feel like when you're able to get in that space and actually do it, you're going to be so much happier. For sure. Okay. I'm going to be really happy. So I have, I have, um, one more question for you, but it has two parts before we go. Um, I want your hot take on birth and maternal health care. And then I want your hot take on online entrepreneurship. Ooh, I have a lot of soapboxes in the birth. <laughs> I always say I could build a house. I have so many soapboxes. Um, <clears throat> But I would say my main hot takes are everything is an option. Mm -hmm. And I know people want to give me all the excuses in the world as to why something's not an option for them. Oh, they don't have that in my state. My doctor won't let me. I'm high risk, blah, 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 blah. Stop it. (laughs) Just stop it. Everything is an option. And if you want to debate me on it, let's do it. And I'm going to (laughs) show you how If you can change your mindset around this and realize that instead of saying, I'm high risk, so that's not an option for me, saying, I am choosing to do things this way because Mm. this feels safer for me and my baby because of my circumstances, that feels so much more empowering than, well, it just wasn't an option for me. I yes. that. That's not in my state. I can't do that. I'm choosing to have my baby in this state because leaving my state would be far more stressful than me dealing with this situation in my state and birthing in this way. Leaving my state would be so much more stressful. So I'm choosing to stay in my state to birth my baby. It's so much more empowering than that's not an option for me. It's not in my state. <laughs> yeah, that's so uh, good. So that one's a huge one for me. And I really want people to take that into motherhood. Truly, like everything is an option. We make a thousand excuses. I've been there myself. I probably did it this morning. Let's be real. <laughs> like, But that one is just really big. Um, and I think my other hot take when it comes to maternal health is like, your, I'm probably going to stumble on the wording of this, but like your intuition, your gut 
is is just wiser and always knows best. It just know it knows better than the doctors. Mm-hmm. It knows better than the research on paper. It knows best. And I do understand that sometimes trauma comes into play. You know, there's fear there. There's there's deeper issues there sometimes that are affecting our intuition. But those aside, you know, get some therapy. <laughs> for that (laughs) like good choice your intuition just doesn't it won't lead you wrong I just Mm -hmm. truly believe that Mm -hmm. Um, I agree and you know I could say that in a meaner way of like doctors don't always know what they're talking about (laughs) um especially a man that's never birthed a doctor but that's a podcast for another day (laughs) yeah and just and just honestly being really really sickened by and and like infuriated like I can't even say words that are like less than that um with the fact that the things that are being told to women the options that are being presented the way things are being presented as non-options um is really really harming women really really harming birthing people and um it's, it's just really not okay. People are being told like actual lies, things that are no longer, um, even based in evidence, mm-hmm. the, the, the policies and the procedures that are taking place, um, not all of them, but a lot of them are actually just very inaccurate and actually harmful as opposed to helpful. We are causing more problems than we are eliminating. And we know this as a fact. This is not just me spewing. This is not just me on my high horse because we look at our maternal death rates and fetal death rates mm-hmm. and just the the C-section rates in our country, the induction rates in our country. We look at these things that are statistics um, <clears throat> and we look at the money that we're spending and they do not correlate and they mm-hmm. do not add up to the other countries. Um, none of it adds up. None of it makes mm-hmm. sense. So at the end of the day, hospitals are a business, <laughs> especially in the United States. They are a business mm-hmm. and they are doing what's best for their bottom line. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying when you're making your decisions as somebody that's pregnant and going in labor, that has to be in the back of your head. When I was pregnant with Dom, I think I was at 39 weeks and we started to have the conversation of being induced and I was a hundred percent against being induced. And I already knew that most first time moms go beyond 40 weeks. It's very normal for that to happen. And I think, I think we came in for like our 40 week appointment. I don't remember, but she told me if you are not um, if you're not in labor by X date, you need to come in and be induced, make an appointment when you leave. And so I did, I, I made my appointment. I list, you know, I did what, and we got into the car and I looked at Jeff and I was like, I'm not showing up on Monday. What are they going to do? Send the cops to my house to induce me. They're not going to do that. And I went into labor. I'm not even kidding. Like 12 hours before that appointment, but there's wow. no way I would have gone in because there was no need for me to go in. But if I did not have a doula and had not gone through all of her evidence-based 
research that didn't have anything to do with the hospital's bottom line, I probably would have planned to go in to be induced because I didn't know any better. So that's where the information and the knowledge and being informed, which I know is so important and part of your entire mission is like, it has to be a non-negotiable. You don't have to in business and as a pregnant person, you do not just have to funnel through the system. You do not just have to do, you don't have to get on the conveyor belt. You just don't have to do that in order to reach the end result that you want. Yeah, 100%. And I'll just throw in a little tangible tip here in case anybody is pregnant and just curious about some of this stuff. Like, keep asking why. Mm. And if your provider cannot answer and they are tripping up on their words or they are going in circles to answer you, like if you were to have asked, why do I need to come in for an induction? Well, it's hospital policy. Why? well, blah, blah, blah. Why? Like keep asking why and see how those answers feel. Mm-hmm. Gut check those answers. That's good. Because that will solve all your problems. And also like, if you're in any kind of birth setting and something is being presented to you and you don't know if it's an option or not, first of all, yes, it always is. Even if they're telling you the next step is this, it's always an option. They should be saying, what we could do next is this, this is our recommendation, but what do you want to do? But that's not how they say it. Always, always, always know that you can ask for a pause. You can say, can I have five minutes? Can Mm -hmm. I talk with my partner about this? If you have to say, you need to pray about it, like get them out of the room so that you can have a minute to think about what you actually want to do. So, because we all get white coat syndrome. We all get that like we don't want confrontation. We don't want to like make someone mad at us. Like nobody wants that. I do what I do for a living and get on these high horses. But when I'm the patient, I don't want to have those confrontations either. Yeah. Um, it's hard. Um, so yeah, just a couple tangible tips in case you need those going in. Cause I can't leave you with nothing, but, but- you can also use those in your online business, asking yourself, yeah. why do I want to invest in this? Mm-hmm. Why does this, fe- why do my feeling FOMO about this? Why, 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 why? And going down that ladder so that you can get to the root of it. Is it just because I think this is a quick solution? Is this just because, or do I know that this aligns? Do I trust this coach? Do I trust this person? Any decision that you make in the online space can be done the same way. You can ask coaches the same thing. Why do you, like before you hire them, why do you think this would work for me? Why do you teach it this way? Like the more that, the more information that we can gather to feed our intuition, the easier these decisions start becoming and the less um, regret or worry that we have later on. So it applies in both spaces. Yeah, 100%. I see so many parallels in entrepreneurship and motherhood and birth and business. I mean, there's so many parallels, which is why these conversations get so fun. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you can use these strategies in all the places. <laughs> yes, um, I agree. And as far as take about business, the online industry before we go. Online industry, business. <laughs> I am trying to think of a hot take that I have. This is where I have so many soapboxes. I, I know <laughs> you are so good at these. And I'm always like, Ooh, what's Gianna think about this? <laughs> um, 
I don't know if these are hot takes, but just like, because of what you said earlier about how good the online space can be, but also how like spirally it can be, mm-hmm. unfollow those people. Yes. If they are making you feel some type of way, even if they are your best friend and that mom loves like it lights her on fire it lights her soul on fire to have the pinteresty worthy birthday parties but you just feel in comparison mode every single time you see it unfollow her it's okay mm-hmm. um you know there's a couple moms that I probably need to unfollow because I'm so jealous of their outfits but mm-hmm. I want to click their Amazon links but I'm like it's not in my budget I just need to unfollow them Mm-hmm. because their outfits are so cute but I'm like I don't think I can pull it off um no that's a good one I actually have a podcast episode it might be out before this I don't know if not soon after all about like setting boundaries with your social media and unfollowing mm-hmm. or muting people is one of my biggest ways to set boundaries because you have to be allowed to cultivate a f- space on Instagram that you like being on that's how you don't get burnt out And so that is, that's a good, I mean, it it might be a hot take, but I agree with you. (laughs) And then I think my other one, and again, I don't know that this is totally a hot take because I feel like it's definitely becoming a little bit more popularized is like showing up just as you, Mm -hmm. like truly caring less about what everybody is going to think of you and realizing that the people that are your people are like waiting and wishing for you to say the things that you're not saying because you think it's going to be judged yeah or well, I can't show up today because my kids are in the background or I can't show up today because I don't have makeup or I don't, I can't show up today because my life's not interesting or like some of those simple ones. But then when you do have hot takes, when you do have polarizing opinions, Mm -hmm. like don't be afraid to not share those because yes, you will repel people, but guess what? That's a good thing because you don't want those people. And trust me, I understand there are things that I have not said online because the things that the people that I know I'm going to potentially repel are like the people that I love and that are very close to me. But also maybe those people don't need to be following you. Mm-hmm. Or like, can you block them? Like, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how that works. I probably should figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but just like be more you because you're going to bring in the people that are like you and you're going to start getting so many more of those people that are like, thank, like, thank you so much for saying that. Mm-hmm. I've said that on people's posts. Like, thank you for saying that because I was feeling it and I was too scared to say it. Mm-hmm. That's how you, as a business, that's how you build your authority. You can't be for everybody because then nobody's going to buy you because nobody is going to see the layers of you and want to be further into your world. And I know it's scary. And I definitely went through my own, like, I didn't want to say things that would hurt another mom because we've got enough stuff going on, but like people can unfollow you. It is, it's just like, 
when you're in your own home, you can say whatever you want. We're just talking about this with the kids. They're not allowed to say pee or poop at school. So they came home and they were like, Celeste was like, I have to go poop. And Dom's like, you can't say poop. And I'm like, at home, you can say pee and poop, okay? It's the same thing with your Instagram. Like in your own house, you say what you want. On your profile, on your, on your feed, you get to say whatever you want. Now, I'm not saying be a dick, but you can say your truth. And if people don't want to hear it, they can unfollow you. If people are offended by it, they don't have to read it. You can't be responsible for how everybody else is going to react to the truth that you stand in. You will always offend someone. 100%. You just will. 100%. Okay. So tell people that obviously fell in love with you during this podcast, where to find you. I know you have um, some like great resources for them. So tell, tell them where they can find you and tell them about the resources and I'll link them all in the show notes. Yeah. So my, um, where I show up the most is on Instagram and my handle is my name. The last name is a little difficult to spell, um, but it's Taylor Nosakara, N-O-S-A-K-H-E-R-E. And, um, the link in my bio there will take you to free resources, paid ways we can work together, um, ways to get in my community. I have an email list, you know, an email series for moms. Um, I have a, I have a podcast of my own. All of those things are linked there as well as on my website. So with you wellness, KC is my website and a lot of those like all of those same links are there. So I have a really great, like free downloadable PDF kind of bundle. That's going to give you like the, my, how do you want to feel journaling prompts? It's going to give you my birth options list. It's going to give you a Google doc with like a template for a birth preferences sheet, AKA birth plan. Um, and then because you're listening to this podcast, I assume you like audio. That's how I consume content. Um, so I created, um, a mini audio series for my moms on the go. That is the make, make birth less scary audio series. And I, I feel like it's really for the moms that feel like they don't know what they don't know. They're just overwhelmed. They are probably type a probably career driven women that want to know the things, but don't know what they don't know and don't know where to start and don't have the time and are also like, my friends tell me horror stories and like I'm just scared. <laughs> I'm just scared and I need, I need that to, podcast. Like, <laughs> I need to like make birth less scary and less overwhelming and just like tell me what I need to know. And if you are interested in working with me at all, that is a great way to just again have a peek behind the curtain into how I coach, the type of things that I teach, um, the things that we work on when we work more in depth together. And so those are some great places to start. And if you're listening to this and you're not pregnant, don't plan to be pregnant, not having any more kids, share this episode with somebody that maybe become pregnant in the future or is pregnant right now. Spread this out because there really is a correlation to being empowered and informed in your birth and how you are able to then show up in motherhood. And so the more moms that have this information are empowered, know what their options are because everything is an option or everything is a choice. <laughs> they yeah. need to hear this podcast. So make sure to share this with somebody. 
Taylor, I'm so glad we got to talk today. Me too. (laughs) Uh, Me too. All right, everybody. We'll see you in the next episode.